0: You're listening to the Screaming Pods Network. Welcome to the Screamcast, episode 159. I am Sean DeReger, and with me is the lovely, the indelible. Uh, Stephanie Crawford. Is indelible a word? You're the, the linguist expert, Stephanie.
1: It is a word. I don't know if I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if I would have used it in that context, but <laughs> I'll take it.
0: Indelible making marks that cannot be removed. You're making a mark that cannot be removed. You're Stephanie fucking Crawford. I'm saying making a mark with the pen, not the keyboard on the internet's writing. You're
1: not going to rap, are awesome you? Awesome
0: things. <laughs> no. Uh where are we at with the um your um your series um Tales from the no, not Tales from the Dark Side. Good God almighty.
1: Sean keeps up everybody. Tales from the Crypt. Tales from the Crypt. <laughs>
0: Where, where are you uh, at with that series how uh where are you at now with that because you, you were just going uh, are you just going through the entire uh catalog
1: yeah until they fire me uh yeah I'm going through <laughs> through the whole thing we're in the time. middle of the second season right now
0: it's a good one awesome I need to dive into those I have my big old DVD box set just waiting here for me to op- to open up and watch um I need to do that I think I think I could probably watch that with my daughter, yeah. Uh some of them. Some of them? Gosh. I'll I'll, I'll like uh, I'll like text you and I'll go, "Hey, we're about to watch this episode. Is this cool?" And you can let me know cuz you're the expert.
1: Yeah, or you could read my column and I'll tell you like <laughs> everything you need to know. Yeah, you're and it's like, really funny. It's not a dry recap telling you everything that happens in the episode.
0: No, no, your writing is amazing and where where can people find that? That's over at Dread, uh, Dread Central. Central.
1: Dread Central every first and third Tuesday of the month.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Um, all right. So le- today on the Screamcast, we are going to be getting Nashy again. So uh, Let's Get Nashy Part 2 is going to be going on. Uh, Scream Factory released a, recently, uh, a few months ago, released a, another five movie set. And we're going to talk about it. Cause Paul Nasche is the man.
1: Yeah, he's the man and the wolf man. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. But first, before we dive into that, let's do uh, some what's on our doorstep.
2: Holy cow. I almost forgot. We'll get the door.
1: Can I do the new theme song for that? Do 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 do
0: Breaking news. Yeah, we can do that. That can be it. you. got the gig, girl. Am I going first? Hey. We're the podcast talking like a bunch of 1940s radio performers. All right. What? Yeah. What's on your doorstep? Or digital doorstep. Whatever. Is you know. It's all relative. Digital
1: doorstep worst band name ever (laughs) well we haven't done this in a long freaking time
0: yeah i gotta i gotta stack
1: so i'm just kind of going at random i'm not gonna try to draw this out i got the mondo macabre um limited edition i have to brag about getting the red case
2: that's (laughs) the whole point
1: of getting it right not the beautiful booklet or anything is bragging about getting it with a red case um for who can kill a child Nice. I've been wanting to see this movie for years because I heard it was wonderful, and I have a soft spot for killer children movies. Who doesn't? <laughs> I played the Bad seed in in drama class, and I think maybe I don't I, I just had a, I have a weird sympathy for them, I guess. <laughs> I have a super innocent look on my face right now. That helps solid. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it is an intense movie. It starts out with actual footage of atrocities done to children, like file footage, Jesus, yeah, so like right away, you're like, oh okay, no, this is <laughs> I'm not sitting down for fun, so you you want to die, and eventually the movie starts, and it's a beautiful, sophisticated movie that it's basically um a couple on vacation, they end up at a seemingly deserted town until they find out that um. It's basically taken over by bloodthirsty kids. That's not a spoiler alert, especially with this movie and the title, I don't think. But how it's all orchestrated, how the emotions are played out, the acts of violence. I can't imagine a time where this movie won't stick with me and just pop huh. into my brain randomly. And it looks beautiful. It's a great release. So... Uh, if it's been years since you checked it out, or if you haven't checked it out yet, full recommendation. It's amazing.
2: Okay.
0: Yeah. You I like you
1: haven't seen it?
0: I, have, I have not. I have the Blu-ray, I had the standard Loser edition.
1: Oh, you know, I have the red case, man. Eh? Okay. Oh
0: <laughs> but I've been I've been meaning to dive into it. It's one of those, I mean, just like movies like like Maniac and you know, there's certain movies that I'm just like oh, I need to be in a mood to watch this. You know what I mean? Like this is exactly. going to be probably a pretty heavy movie. So yeah. the uh,
1: opening is, I mean, it's real footage. So it's right. awful. The actual movie itself um isn't like soul destroying or anything. Okay. Um, it's not like martyrs or anything with like <laughs> that kind of emotional devastation. Um, But just because of that footage at the beginning, uh, yeah, I would say not have your kids running around and be prepared. Okay. Um, Also, a great new addition that recently came out was Hardware.
2: Yes.
1: And it's Ronin Flick's first release. They've been releasing Code Red and Scorpion, but this is the first one they did by themselves.
0: Oh, so they've joined forces.
1: I don't. Okay, I'm not going to talk. On it because I don't know all the information. Well, it's scorpion, I just know it's like
0: they're two brothers. So scorpion and Code yeah, red. Yeah, Bill and
1: yeah, yeah,
0: Walt. Yeah, Bill and Walt. And mm-hmm. Flicks is their site they created to sell their movies, basically, because he was doing like this. What's that? What do you? What do? Oh, it's it's just an awful oh, reselling big site.
1: Big cartel. Oh, yeah.
0: Please,
1: big cartel. Dear God
0: Almighty, um, <laughs> yeah. don't use that. And they would use that. So that's in, that's very interesting. I'm wondering I'm wondering yeah, if that means they just combine forces.
1: No, I don't think Bill is involved with Ronin's. Huh. because okay. I think he's involved with that. Oh, that new that wrestling guy. Dark Force. Okay. Yeah. He's like releasing stuff with that wrestler guy now.
0: Okay. Good old so if everyone Bill tells you there's
1: not drama in the Blu ray world, <laughs> you tell him we got gossip too. Yeah. But anyway, hardware. I missed out when Severn released it, and that always bummed me out. Um, so this is a brand new 4K restoration. It looks amazing, and I'm—I have weird vision where if I look at a lot of like sharp, complex objects, it hurts my eyes. Hmm. Yeah, and sometimes if I'll watch like. This sounds so strange, but, like, a mechanically heavy movie, but it's, like, old and gritty. It'll actually kind of give me a headache. Really? Um, and this, if you've ever seen Hardware, it's a, it's a fantastic post-apocalyptic movie where uh, we have killer machines and dust storms. And it's just this unique, amazing, uh, just... A journey.
0: I, I love, love it. it. I, I love that movie so much. <laughs> I've I, I've bought every... I mean, I had it on VHS. I bought the DVD. I yeah, bought the Severin talking. Blu-ray. And then now you're making me want to buy this other... Because I was like, I'm not, I am already own it. The Severin right. disc is good. No,
1: some people have asked me about this.
0: And I'm wondering about the um, transfer comparing. Have you compared so them? So this
1: is the kind of movie that would hurt my eyes. hmm And it, it's gorgeous. It's like... It's almost like buttery smooth. And I don't mean like that weird thing where they like mute all the grain or anything. Uh It still looks like a film. Okay. It's just stunning. And so I could look at the most complex, fucked up killer robot (laughs) scene, and I was totally fine. Um, So it it looks like they pretty much ported over all the extras from the Severin. Okay. And they have a new interview with the director, Richard Stanley. And it's wonderful. It's about 45 minutes. And he oh, cool. is. hes I love him. We, like, were,
0: uh, we were trying to get him on the podcast. And it almost happened.
1: Oh. <clears throat> you know what? It didn't happen because I wasn't here yet.
0: I know. Like I need to again. be here.
1: For it. But he still <laughs> has this childlike wonder and enthusiasm. And he was like showing. Like he sells books and books of like hand done storyboards. And. Um, I watched the other interviews and it was information that didn't, he didn't cover in those.
2: Hmm.
1: Um, oh, and he brought up, uh, working with Harvey Weinstein and this is after the Me
2: Too movie. Oh, yeah.
1: And I was like, oh my God, this is really recent when they did this. And I haven't heard that like on a supplement (laughs) for a disc. Um, so that was really interesting. So that, um, If you are a huge fan of this, I know it sucks to like keep double dipping, like quadruple dipping, (laughs) but it looks gorgeous. And that interview is amazing.
0: So I remember, yeah, Severn was losing their rights to it and they were like blowing it out for like five bucks. I should have bought a whole bunch of them. They're they're selling (gasps) it for like super cheap. I
1: heard like people (laughs) were getting it for free. Like, you know, they do sales, you'll get free disc. I'm like, please give me hardware, please give me hardware. And I never (laughs) got it. So now Ronan gets my money.
0: That's crazy, yeah. Movie rights are are ridiculous. Sometimes you hear about, you know, yeah. certain distributors are like, "We gotta sell all these, or we're gonna burn them." I'm like, just just send them off to everybody. Just have everyone pay shipping <laughs> or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah,
1: because <laughs> that's what they're looking out for. Well, Fair you know, what? they
0: can write they can write off they can write off the uh, the money loss. <laughs> cool. What else? Uh, what else have you been watching?
1: Okay. Well, I will. Wrap this up because I know you said you had a lot to talk about.
0: Oh, I don't want to take away from your time though.
1: Nah, I, I believe in brevity. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, and I know you're in a very similar boat as me, and I won't get into them because yeah. Sean mentioned you might do an episode on oh. them, and I'm very mm-hmm, excited mm-hmm, about mm-hmm, that prospect. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I got my Scream Factory of In the Mouth of Madness, and then the Vestrons of Dig On, and um. Beyond Reanimated.
0: Yeah, I got mine too.
1: So much Lovecraft. Holy crap. So I'm really excited and I went ahead and I just immediately threw on in the Mouth of Madness because <laughs> I want to watch it and Dagon. And earlier today, I watched Ed and His Dead Mother. Huh. It's, it's streaming on Amazon and it has John Glover in it, And then the first scene of In the Mouth of Madness, I watched immediately afterwards, John Glover in the first scene. <laughs> I'm sorry, I have to point out those moments awesome. to people because they freak
0: me out. Those moments are great when that happens. But
1: um, Ed and His Dead Mother, it's it's billed as a dark comedy, which it is. It stars uh, Steve Buscemi with Ned Beatty, John Glover, it has John Grease. <laughs> it's an amazing cast. Wow. And, um, basically, uh, Steve Buscemi is a mama's boy and his mom dies and he can't accept that. So a mysterious man who's, uh, John Glover says, uh, I can make her undead. Um, <laughs> she won't be dead anymore. And he, it'll cost you a thousand bucks. He's like, okay. And she's already been through, <laughs> they already buried her. He's like, oh, that's going to be more work. And he charges him more. She comes back. She re immediately and he just keeps up charging him and upcharging him he's like well you're gonna have to feed her bugs now so she has a little bit of life to keep going <laughs> and it just it's this great escalation and i was kind of um thinking it might be a little bit like dead alive mm. and i guess maybe it's a super sedated cousin of that but
0: is it uh, like like double feature material
1: Hmm, that's interesting because the the tone is pretty different. The energy is pretty different.
2: Yeah,
1: but yeah, okay, yeah. But I would say start with Eden's <laughs> dead mother. Um, but like. Miriam uh, Margulies plays his mom, and she's amazing. Um, she was like a teacher in the Harry Potter movies, the plant teacher. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's so adorable, and she was. Hilarious, And then she went for it. She was like throwing her body everywhere. She's taunting people, biting people, running around. It was, it was amazing. Um, so it, it's a real, it's a little more absurd than dark, I would say. Okay. But it is streaming on US Prime right now. I'm not sure about any place else. But it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, if you like reanimated moms and cannibals and... I would almost say there's like a teensy pinch of Cemetery Man in this. Uh, it's teensy. Okay. But if you're cool with that kind of absurdity, I think you'd really dig it.
0: Yeah, I'll yeah, I'll check it out. I'm, I'm very interested. Very cool. Okay, Sean. Huh? Go. Is it my turn? <gasps> oh, right. wait.
1: No, oh, oh, I lied. I'm okay. sorry. I just have to give a quick shout out to The Last <laughs> Drive-In with Joe Bob.
0: Oh, yes.
1: Of course. I... Stayed awake through the entire thing.
0: That's amazing. That's a that's like, me, that's like a check feat. out
1: my tweets. I did it.
0: <laughs> that's incredible.
1: I thought I was gonna die.
0: At one point, you did, you did, didn't you tweet out that you thought you were gonna die or you were gonna, you know, it's I don't, it's I honestly
1: it. don't remember what I was saying <laughs> when I got too far. I know I took like two micro naps, but they weren't longer than 20 minutes and the movie was still playing. Okay, so I, I count that, but. Yeah, I've I mentioned it before, but he was a huge reason why I got interested in horror movies. I was fascinated and, like, seduced by them. But he was the one that showed that they could be approachable, interesting mm. people, make horror movies. And, uh, you know, if you learn about who made this one, they can learn about their other weird movies and go on and on and on. And he was a huge influence. This was a big deal for me. So when they were... I had trouble like most other people getting on at first and then towards the end when everyone got back on for the last movie pieces. um, But it was really important for me to just be there. Yeah. Like, I I prepped. (laughs) I was ready. (laughs) And now there's not specifics, but Shudder did say he's going to be returning for some kind of project.
0: This is probably (gasps) Shudder's biggest... Uh this was a huge, huge success for Shudder. Yeah, absolutely. And, um very awesome. Um I'm yeah, you know what? What's what's funny is like I don't know how I missed Joe Bob. Was he on like network TV or when did his show come on?
1: He was on TNT. He was on something called the movie channel first, it was like Joe Bob's la something.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then he was on TNT, which is when I saw him, and it was on um Saturday nights.
0: Okay. That's, and that, yeah.
1: Yeah, and they like Penn and Teller hosted it for a while, but they settled on Joe Bob and then this was at the same time that like USA Up All Night okay. was on. It was okay. like a really cool era to be a horror and a weird movie fan
0: on yeah, your TV. I was a, I was a late bloomer in horror just because of my upbringing, my strong Christian evangelical upbringing. And same
1: year, man. I had to sneak this stuff. So you,
0: you were able to sneak it. I just, I just, but I didn't have friends who were into it. So I didn't even know about it. So by the time I heard about Joe Bob, you know, his show had been done and everything. And, and I just, I know him as, you know, Joe Bob Briggs. And I know that a lot of people love him, but I, I don't, I've never seen any of his, you know, shows or anything like that, which is crazy insane. So did
1: you watch any of the last drive? in I
0: I wasn't I wasn't able to. I okay, I, well, I have I have Shutter through Amazon Prime. I paid for it that yep, way. Yep, they're
1: all there now, and they're all separate episodes. Yeah,
0: so they're all up there. So I'll, I'll definitely um, when time when you know when time allows um, I, yeah, I do want to check just it out. Just like
1: watch like his opening monologues <clears throat> yeah. for yeah. any of well, that's them. That's what I want. Yeah, just guess
0: I think that's the the main thing I would want to check out anyway because is because hearing so it was so cool like seeing. All these people watching this and all these stories about how they were, they basically grew up with him and how he was like, he was so many people's entry point into horror movies. And like you said, uh, so many people learned so much and that even made their love for horror even deeper because I'm the same way. When I learn about something, when I see how a movie's made, when I kind of start making the connections with different actors and directors and producers and even the score, like composers, I, it just makes, movie watching that much more fun and you start going down that downer spiral of um nine-inch nails pun not intended um downer spiral of just learning about all these movies and it's really it's really great so seeing so many people with that type of memory and and that all that connection like that was that was really amazing to see everyone tweeting at the same time it was very cool Uh, it was
1: a great moment for the community that was really really gratifying. I will say real quick for you and anyone like you um, if you if you're kind of curious but you're not sure which one to jump into, other than Taurus Trap, which is the first one, it's great. I would suggest Basket Case. Mm-hmm. Not because we all love Basket Case, of course, but Joe Bob was instrumental in getting that released uncut in the United uh-huh. States, and he's really good friends with Frank Lauder, and he actually got kind of emotional talking about it. <laughs> so if you really like, he cracks jokes the whole time, but if you want to see how he actually cares so deeply about cool. these movies. Basket case is the one I'd recommend.
0: Okay, cool. Very cool. Well I will uh, I will dive into my my stack here. Um and those of you Club Scum members, I do have a Sean's stack coming soon. Um I apologize for the delay on all the extra stuff. We'll talk more about Club Scum in a little bit. Um and thank all of you for sticking around with that who are members. I think I need to send your mom a card, a members card, Stephanie.
1: You better. She's the librarian. She takes cards very seriously. Okay.
0: I, I was just because re- she signed up, and I was like, "Oh shit, I have oh, to send me? a card out." And I was like, "Oh, that was Stephanie's mom." So, uh, I'll, I'll do that. You have a you have a fantastic mother. Very supportive. I do. I'm it's very, very cool. lucky. Very cool. Um. All right. So I have a stack of things to watch. I'm gonna go th- through them fairly quickly. But I finally uh, watched uh, Resolution from uh, good old Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead. We actually interviewed them for their film okay. Spring. And I interviewed them not knowing anything about them other than the movie Spring, which was funny, of course, classic, classic Sean. <laughs> yeah. And I fi- <laughs> so there the Endless came out and I was instructed to watch Resolution first and then watch The Endless. I had no reason, no idea why. I was like, okay, there must be some connection there, which is cool. Um, and so I watched Resolution, uh, starring Peter Salella and Vinnie Curran. But, uh, really cool, low budget, independent film. These two guys in the cabin. One of them is trying to basically get his friend off of drugs. Um, and, uh, so he kind of has an in- intervention moment and, the area that they're in, uh, it's a bit, something's off, right? With that and everything. Uh, a lot of you have seen it and it's really great. Really, really great. It's funny. And you kind of, there's a few that, you know, you're, you, it kind of brings you along throughout the film, along for the ride, cause you just don't know what the hell is going on, how, how this is going to end. And, um, I adored it. I loved it. I can't believe it took me so long to watch it. So, and then I popped in the endless and, uh, the endless basically it stars Dustin, uh, Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, which was crazy. Uh, cause they can act like <laughs> I was oh, yeah. surprised. <laughs> I was like, these guys can act. This is awesome. And, uh, so these actors can do their job. Yeah. They, um, so these, these two guys who were in a cult, uh, the, one of the brothers kind of gets, he's kind of nostalgic about it. And they kind of were instrumental in kind of getting word about how crazy this, it's like a death cult or kind of like a death cult or whatever. They can't, came out and were saying it was a death cult. Like they're instrumental for like all this really, really bad press. And then they want to go back to, to the cult to visit, I guess. And, um, I don't want to spoil the connection. So if you haven't seen these together, just watch Resolution first and then watch The Endless. It's, it's one of those things where it's not like super blatant connection. Um, you can watch each of them separately and enjoy them. But the way they kind of weaved, wove in some of these connective tissue from Resolution was just, it, it was, it was just, I don't know, it's really, really fun to discover as you're going along. So I would recommend you do that if you haven't. Uh, the endless by itself is great. It's a great look into, uh, cults and, uh, these, and weird like time paradox and all this stuff. And, and the effects look, look pretty great. It sounds like they mm-hmm. did them themselves. I, like, I was watching the special features and Aaron Moorhead, or I think he was doing, he's like, yeah, I was doing this one special <laughs> shot, composite shot on my laptop. I'm like, Stop I,
1: showing off, man. <laughs> I know, but
0: I I love it when directors are so like invested in the their independent film that they will okay. take it on. Um the oh gosh, who are those guys? Um Oh, these two brother directors, they're the same way. They did that uh, vampire the movie with with Ethan no. Ethan Hawke with a vampire movie. Oh. They did, like a, they did like a weird yeah. zombie movie called Undead, and they did all the special effects. Oh,
1: I remember Undead. Is that like the New Zealand alien zombie yeah. one?
0: Yeah, it's fantastic.
1: <laughs> you know, the first time I saw that, or no, when I saw what the the quote unquote twist was, I was so angry at it. And then I literally sat there and thought about it. I'm like, no, that's genius, actually. <laughs> <I loved it. laughs> that's pretty genius.
0: Uh, the Spirit Brothers, Michael and oh, Peter Oh, yeah, Spearing. yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, they directed the newest Saw movie. I didn't know that. These boys are and moving I like, up.
1: I like the newest Saw movie. Yeah. These boys yeah. are
0: just moving up in the world. Um, And they did Predestination. Oh, my God. Predestination, you guys. If you haven't seen Predestination. Mm-hmm, awesome. Mm-hmm. Daybreakers is the, is the vampire flick that I was talking about. Anyway. Yeah, I like I'm, that one, too. Yeah. They're, they're solid They're really filmmakers. good
1: at making flawed, yet good movies.
0: Yes. Yes. But you... The movies are so good as a whole, you totally will bypass the flaws. But I think Jigsaw is probably their weakest film, but they had to stay within the confines of the Saw universe, you know? But Predestination and Daybreakers, man, are, are awesome. And Undead is just this fun intro to them and low budget, and um, it's so funny. All right, where was I? So The Endless and Resolution, fantastic. The Endless was just... It is probably my favorite, uh, one of my favorites that I've seen this year. It's definitely top of the list. It's so good. The score is done by the Album Leaf. And I've been following the Album Leaf like forever. And when I realized that they did the score, I was like, holy shit, this even made this movie even better. (laughs) Knowing that 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 group, um, it's this one guy, instrumental. But the Album Leaf, if you haven't heard their music, it's just so damn good. I love little surprises like that. I think it's the album. Is it the album leaf? Album leaf? I could be totally wrong. Hold on. So
1: do you think watching Resolution before it helped make that one even better for you? Gave it, it, more um, impact?
0: it did because it, it made it a little more fun. Like I I don't like you can watch both on their own. Um, but it just kind of made it. Mean a little more invested in the film, and, and it was just fun little like Easter eggs. They're treated more like Easter eggs and not necessarily, well, I don't know. The, the gosh, I don't, want to talk, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> they don't need each other, but they work. But watching them together, I'm like, why would I watch it any other way? You know what I mean? Like, after the fact, yeah. I was like, yeah, that was the way That's to watch the film.
1: That's a great way to go about um, it. Um, yeah,
0: the album leaf, they, they delivered, they did the score and the score's wonderful. All right. Moving along. Uh, I got the 101 films, the UK release of, uh, of, uh, David Cronenberg's film, Existence. <laughs> Existence?
1: <laughs> I have not seen that. Starring,
0: in that at all. Um, Starring uh, Jennifer Jason. Is it Lay or Lee? Lee. Lee. Jennifer what?
1: Jason Lee. See, Send me your copy right now. You can't well, I pronounce it. See, I,
0: I should just not look at things and read them because I see how it's spelled and I and I, I stop. I've I always said Jennifer Jason Lee. Um, <laughs> I, I
1: understand Complex 4 names, but Lee? <laughs>
0: really? Uh, and Jude Law. It's fantastic. The Blu-ray looks wonderful and uh, they'll deny it because I asked them on Twitter and they denied it. But it is region free. Um, they need they need to say no for contractual oh, reasons. Oh, like wink,
2: like
1: that. no, mm-hmm. it's
0: no, it's not, it's not um Okay, so it's labeled region B, but it is in fact um, it is in fact region free. And some of these labels kind of get away with that. They're kind of like, ah, oh, we'll just say it is. And um,
1: I mean, how harsh is the regulatory committee for that? Like, do we have goon squads, like, I, checking I don't think so. Or... I really
0: don't think so. Yeah. Um, if
1: it's a dying format, where are they going to find the money? Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, Exist Ends is great. De- get this set. The set is awesome. It looks fantastic. And um, it comes like a little booklet. But, man, what a film. I think it's even better now. Um it's interesting watching some of these films because I'm seeing my kids play video games and they're talking about VR and they're talking about like, we're getting closer to th- closer to this and they're in their own little worlds. Like they're playing with friends and stuff like that. We're getting closer to this type of thing, mm-hmm. um, even more so than when this movie came out. So uh, seeing Cronenberg's take on it with like the weird flesh gun and the actual game things are like these controller. moving organisms that you're supposed to like rub <laughs> and everything. Um, you know, Cronenberg... I love I mean I want to see more sci-fi from him because naked lunch is great and then existence is great I would love to see him do like more sci-fi stuff but
1: I agree um, I liked spider but I'm hmm. with you I'd like to see him go back into the sci-fi cool. realm at least one more time get
0: one like just one more just super batchet weird crazy film
1: we're demanding Americans I am sorry Mr <laughs> Carnivore. <Cronenberg.
0: laughs> all right next uh, I watched another Wolf cop it's a fantastic sequel to Wolf cop don't expect anything more than Wolf Cop. It's a great <laughs> sequel to Wolf Cop. Kevin Smith not a good actor.
1: Well, he, he hasn't he's made in a it living oh, off that. And I think he's, he's
0: okay. He's in it more than I thought it would be, and I was like, oh, oh wow, he plays like the mayor, and I was like, oh, oh, like, I
1: was like, he's they didn't in this get a Mayor lot. McCheese.
0: I know they didn't. No.
1: Stop the grimace. But, oh.
0: <laughs> 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 well, another Wolf Cop. Well, another Wolf Cop is great. Uh, it, 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 there's another crazy werewolf sex scene in it that's i don't know which one's better they're both fantastic uh, i probably like the first one better
1: hey club let scum out. members let them know if you would like to see sean do an in-depth video comparing <laughs> the two sex
0: scenes yes we'll do that we'll we'll do that but uh, it's fun it's you know it's another wolf cop what do you expect um all right uh next hold on here my my wife's like yelling at the kids right outside. Hey, we can hear you. We can hear you. <laughs> I can't.
2: You're going to end up on the bloopers.
0: On the... <laughs> you're on the bloopers. Um, all right. So next, I watched uh, this Criterion release of a film called The Lure.
2: Yeah.
0: Holy Lord. This movie is fantastic. This movie was the almost words. a spiritual... Experience. My yeah. wife is now looking. My wife is. Come on. Come on. I love you. Wah, wah, wah. I just. You're just you're, your voice was just coming through into the microphone in no, my ears. Wait. It was. No way. The door's shut. I know. Your voice carries. I
1: didn't hear you, Jennifer. <laughs> I don't know you're what all, he's talking about. You're a
0: liar. <laughs> um, okay. All right. So, anyway, the lure is wonderful it's this weird musical um what country are they in are they in like
1: polish Polish. it's a polish movie
0: uh it's wonderful visuals are amazing the music's really good and Mm. the two leads playing these two like sisters are just intriguing like they're so good they're so good in their roles, you totally believe that they're sisters. You believe that they have this kind of like weird, set, like weird innocence in a way, or maybe one of them, like the blonde hair or the uh, the lighter color hair one. She's yeah. kind of innocent. Oh, it's like the innocence like so of an good.
1: animal yeah. where they're not corrupted yet, but they know how to kill you and eat you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. See the uh, movie? It's, it's great. And I didn't realize I would so love it so much. But it's really good. So if you've been sitting on it, we'll watch it. It's good. Alright, uh next. Uh the film A Quiet Place. I finally watched it. John Krasinski directing. Um, it's it's really good. And I did not like the ending. Moving along. <laughs> but it's really it's a really well-made film. But yeah, I I, I had some issues with the ending. Uh I finally, uh, we, all this rope, there's been a bunch of Robocop talk going on because they're doing a Robocop sequel to mm-hmm, the first movie. Mm-hmm. And Robo talk. Robo talk. And everyone was kind of, you know, trashing this idea of a direct sequel to the first film. But I was like, have you guys seen the sequels? Like, I like the sequels. Don't get me wrong, but they're, you know, they're not, these are all kind of just, you know, I don't know. They're untouchable precious
2: <laughs> gems. No, I'm
0: with you. <laughs> they're, they're really not. Like, like RoboCop 2 has some great ideas, some great moments in it, but it's not, like, overall like that good of a film. I like it, but I can see, like, from a technical standpoint, story standpoint, yeah, they have some problems. And then there's RoboCop 3, which uh was, un- unfortunately, it was, like, directed by Fred Decker, which we all love Fred Decker. And, oh, yeah. Um, it was written by Frank Miller, and... Uh, it had so its, it had its production problems. They couldn't get, uh, Peter Weller back and they had to recast Robocop. But, uh, that movie has like a crazy, like ninja warrior cyborg and Robocop gets like a jetpack. So.
1: Yeah, and that was the first one I saw because they played it <laughs> on Cinemax when I was young. I'm like, why do people love Robocop so much? I mean, it's kind of crazy, but come on, everybody. Yeah,
0: because so the way these sequels went were definitely more like because they were getting action figures, they were getting a cartoon. They were like, kind of, I don't know. It's really, it's it's a really odd path that Robocop had. And then uh, of course, then there was the remake, and that tanked, um, which had some cool ideas in it. I liked some some of the things in it. I like the, like the part in the remake where he, it's just like his brain and eyes and like spine and like his hand. <laughs> like the only things in the, cause he's, they've taken him out of the suit and it's just that floating there. Uh,
1: have you seen Wino Cop? No. The sketch from Wonder Shows then? I have not. I will have to send it okay. to
0: <laughs> you. All right. <laughs> Stephanie's not listening to me. She's looking up, uh, YouTube videos.
1: No, I I'm, just, almost I, I'm almost done. I'm almost If you're a RoboCop fan, everybody look up Wino Cop. It's okay. a little offensive, but <laughs> it's amazing. There's I'm sorry. A,
0: someone did a a YouTube thing where it's just him shooting everyone in the balls. You seen that?
1: That sounds cathartic. No, it is I'm going to. Huh?
0: So funny and so well done because they recreate actual scenes. They take actual footage <laughs> and then they recreate, and it looks incredible. It's fantastic. All right, oh, moving along. So RoboCop two and three uh I got the sc- the screen factory editions the special features make these worth the purchase especially RoboCop 3 cuz there's no way I'd buy it just for that mil- that movie but the, the special thought. features <laughs> the behind the scenes stuff Fred Decker is so like blunt about what happened and oh, um it's that. a great interview with him and it's just it's very much like worth the special features on this and there's even I believe there's commentary as well too Yeah, I will um, buy
1: the worst movie if there's a truthful behind the scenes on because that's so interesting. 100%.
0: I got these on sale, so it was worth it. All right, I have a few more. I'm going to be done. Um, Speaking of Scream Factory, Behind the Mask, the Blu ray. I love the film. The movie holds up. And uh, and I I really wish this would have got a sequel. It still could happen, right? It happens.
1: Yeah, no, there's, they're absolutely still talking about it And they did comic books. And I did cover this movie with Brian Sauer on just the oh. discs on the Screaming Pods network, if you'd like to look that up.
0: Good job on the plug. Thank you. <laughs> but uh, th- this movie's great. It holds up. There's another Blu-ray out there. But, of course, these collector's editions with the work that they put into the special features, 100% worth it. Um, and uh, it's great. I-, I had a lot of fun. Uh, revisiting that all right next uh finally two more one's gonna be super quick i'll do the super quick one uh strangers pray at night fantastic i think it's a pretty decent sequel has a really kick-ass uh pool scene that everyone talks about but it's it's that's pretty much the only thing people talk about it's and great. i'm with them
1: that's the one
0: it that that scene is great
1: but i also think um, the scene in the trailer with Christina Hendricks, mm-hmm. like I, I was like digging like Ugh. little half moves into my hands. I was like, no. Huh. I mean, mainly because I love her and I yeah. don't want anything to happen to her.
0: No, and I, I, oh man, it, this one the the kills hurt. Like the, um, and the first one's like the first one's more played straight. This one definitely goes into slasher territory. But but definitely you want this family to survive. You want them to get out of there. And, uh, the, the way, you know, it's just, it's, it's great. And I don't, I don't remember what, like, like, I mean, this could be, they can really make this new series. I mean, if the purge can have, have four movies now, I mean the, the strangers, well, I guess they can't now because, um, I don't know. Well, you know what? That doesn't matter.
1: <laughs> it's horror. They they yeah, can no, figure not anything out.
0: But uh, I love like there's a scene with him dragging the axe behind him because and and it's I don't know. It's just really it's really well done. It's not like amazing, but it's a solid a solid sequel. Hey, uh our favorite co host is here, saying goodnight what? to me right now. Noah, say hello. Are you gonna get shy all of a sudden?
1: Uh are you serious? Are you gonna be shy? No, you're so popular. see yeah, what's say up, hi. world, in the
0: microphone. Say hi to Stephanie. Say hi, Stephanie. No? All right.
1: Aw, hi, Noah. No one's
0: going <laughs> to hear your voice on this episode? Aw. If I tickle you. <laughs> Aw. <laughs> I got some noise from you. At least you got a laugh. Hey, good night. I love you. All right. <laughs> I tried. tried, everybody. Um,
1: you are not a good stage mom. Ah, I'm gonna say right now.
0: All right, finally, dear God, everybody, I'm sorry, but pe- <laughs> people like this segment, right? Um, the okay, MVD Rewind Collection. You and have you been on one of Brian Sauer's uh, episodes talking about any of these movies? The uh, not
1: those. No.
0: Okay. Um, it's I love what they're doing with these films and their releases. They've done Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. They did uh, Return of Swamp Thing, which is is like. Return of the Swamp Thing is like a top ten movie for me. I I adore it. <laughs> uh, what else have they done? They they did this like there's a punk rock documentary. I can't remember the name of it right now. Um, so there there's sol- it's a solid lineup. I've been buying every one of them just because they're so well done. And um, I watched the film Abominable, which is uh which is it's it's because they treat all these like old. Whoa! Did you hear that? Um. You okay? Yeah, my my computer made a noise and it went through my headphones and I went ah, it was loud. So, um anyway, abominable. It's a what year did that come out? It was like 2006. It's in it's a newer-ish movie. Was it 2006 or the 90s? Yeah, 2005. Um low budget yeti movie speaking of yeti and they, but they make like the case look like an old VHS case or whatever which is kind of funny that they do that for this for this one um cuz it never was released on VHS but but uh they did the director um did he went back and redid some special effects and that was kind of controversial Ryan Shifrin 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 Ryan Shifrin and so they re- he redid re- some of the special effects, and a lot of times, you know, everyone starts thinking about George Lucas, you know, but um he basically just kind of cleaned up a few things. He made the eyes on the monster, I guess they were CGI, and it was like 2005 CGI. It was like done on his own, Ooh, and yeah. they're because they're like glowing almost too much, and so he wanted <laughs> to kind of tone that down,
1: like raw head Rex style. Yeah,
0: and so he it looks good, like he they did a good job with that, and so his little fixes and tweaks. Not even noticeable. Like it's not like all of a sudden like this amazing CG monster or, or, or like you know because people are like, well, he's gonna replace the the monster with like a whole CG thing. It's nothing like that. It's the little tweaks oh. and things like that <clears throat> that he that he fixed. And he kind of, I think he fixed a couple like compute uh, computer screens. But this movie. Did you
1: get the new second site release of extra? By the way, yes. Okay, did you happen to watch any of the director's new version?
0: No, that's one. It's like four options. <gasps> a lot.
1: I know. Yeah, no, there's four different versions, but he went in and it looks so weird. It's like he put a weird Instagram, like <laughs> blur filter over the entire film. And he even did an introduction like, well, I'm sorry if it doesn't quite work, but I wanted to try me vision. Me did. No, that's a really offensive accent. I just <laughs> did. <laughs> But, that's it we're oh, gonna get calls so we're gonna, gonna get to, angry emails <laughs> you you have to watch at least a little bit of it just okay. to see
0: yeah I need I need to dig Extra into that Extra
1: wasn't meant to look like it was on Instagram no
0: no but uh abominable so, is yeah, fun the, <laughs> the the blu-ray looks really good um it's not' it doesn't look it's not gonna look amazing because it, they were it was you know low budget film but um but I've always loved this movie I've always had fun uh Tiffany shepheras's her character's death in it is you oh, know is, is fantastic. fantastic. <laughs> That's very memorable. Um not just because of the nudity, everybody stop it, but um but it would definitely be if I did like <laughs> a top 10 like kills in film. What's up?
1: I'm sorry. There's only the, the one new tweaked version on the disc. Uh,
0: no, they include the uh they include the other version too. I believe.
1: Oh cool.
2: Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah.
0: Um it's like DVD quality. But they they include that in there. Um, but yeah, it's it's a fun movie, fun little. It's one of the better Bigfoot movies. We've talked about this before on the show, and it's like re, it's basically Rear Window meets Bigfoot, and um, and it's 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 pretty great. So a lot of fun. Lance Henderson, H- Lance Hendrickson is in it. Um, you know who else is in it? Jeffrey Combs is in it. I
2: have not
1: seen this. Oh my D. god, Wallace. I need to
0: get. D. Wallace Stone, Uh, but stars like Matt McCoy and Haley Joel. I don't don't know who they are.
1: At first, I thought you said Eli
0: Wallace. I'm like, what? (laughs) Eli Wallace. (laughs) All right, that's it for what's on your doorstep. Sorry, everybody. This is a big stack of films. I even left some films out. to get Nashy all up in here. So let's jump into the Paul Nashy Collection 2 from Screen Factory. Duh. Screen Factory is not paying us for this. Uh, we had to buy everything on our own also. So believe me, we tried. Back in the day when we started this podcast, we tried. And they told me that uh, just because you start a blog doesn't mean you're gonna get free movies. So it's getting ashy. I'm wondering if these are in chronological order. We're not gonna go in order there uh we'll go in chronolog chronological order here. It's all within the same few years though. According to IMDB. Mm-hmm. So let's start with Okay, so hold on, hold on a second. So what we'll do is we'll talk about the movies. And then, uh, then we will kind of round up the special features and what we, you know, I didn't watch any of them because I didn't have time, but, uh, I will interview you, Stephanie, about the special features you have checked out and the commentaries and stuff like that. If you have, uh, and then we'll give a recommendation on whether or not people should buy this thing. Does that sound like a plan?
1: Sounds like a plan. To
0: add some structure. Cause I, you know, cause I've tried to like, oh, let's talk about the movie and the special features. We're just going to get through the movies and then we'll do special features and everything like that. I'm trying to be, as I ramble here, I'm trying to be time efficient. Good call. All right. So let's start off with El Rabro de la Morgue. The Hunchback of Norder. No, Hunchback of the Morgue from 1973. It was a very bad Spanish accent, and I apologize to all of our Spanish listeners.
1: No, it was great.
0: <laughs> this is directed by Javier Aguirre. See? Oh, I'm boy. <laughs> I <know>, am <laughs> just going to train wreck right now. Um, uh, have mean you
1: seen Aguirre, The Wrath of God? Aguirre.
0: Aguirre. I never know how to pronounce that. I see that, and I go, Aguirre, The Wrath of God, you know?
1: You live in a very multicultural state. That's all I, I'm saying.
0: But I grew up in Iowa.
1: Okay. So
0: sure. I'm behind the curve. A little bit behind the curve. All right. Um yeah, Iowa in my town, like if one like black family moved in, it was like talked about. It's ugh, it's awful. Anyway, I got stories, but they're you know. Small town America, everybody. Can be a little bit racist. Where was I before I started rambling? Hunchback of the Morgue. Are you with me, Stephanie? You haven't hung up on me. I think so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Paul Naschy, of course, playing the lead character. He's he's in hunchback mode in this one. And his he,
1: name's Wolfgang Gotho. Yeah, Sorry, I just love that name.
0: <laughs> and he falls in love, or he's in love with this girl who's sick. And, um, she, you know, doesn't make it. And, uh, he basically takes, he takes her, right? He takes her body to, uh, I don't know. Anyway, um, it's, and, and it kind of, uh, we got a a Frankenstein vibe with this film. So, I had a lot of fun. You're making the
1: plot come I'm, alive. No, for
0: me. yeah, I'm awful. I'm awful at plot, plot, um, descriptions, <laughs> and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little worse than IMDb. Their, are plot descriptions. I always look. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find like something like a nice short plot description. And of course, IMDb, it's like paragraphs. I'm like, oh, never mind. So anyway, I'm just gonna go into my thoughts on the film. And then we'll go from there. Uh, I really had, this is the first one I watched. I had a lot of fun with it. He, uh, I mean, I just, I love how, like, Paul Nashie, like, you, you know, it's Paul Nashie, but there's, like, this versatility to him that, uh, you, you do believe that he's a hunchback. He's not, cause he's not, like, overdoing it. He's just kinda, that's, that's what he is.
1: Yeah, I think that's why he got called the Spanish Lon Chaney a lot because mm-hmm. he was really good at disappearing, not only into different roles, which I thought he was a fantastic actor, but it's a little bit harder, I think, working with prosthetic makeup than a lot of people assume. Yeah. And he seemed to, you know, work incredibly well with it.
0: Yeah, he, he just kind of goes with it and lets, lets himself kind of, you know, get into the role and... um.
1: My only problem is they kept talking about how hideous he was.
0: They
2: won't do
1: anything to Nashi's face in this movie. It was no, no. gorgeous, Nashy face. He just had a hunchback. <laughs> it's
2: like, yeah, You're say, hideous
1: say. visage. It's like, no, he's cute yes. as heck. He just has a hunch. I got the puppy dog eyes. You're and... better looking literally all you dudes. What is
2: going <laughs> on
0: here? Oh, you know what? I did take notes on this. I just remembered. This huh? is one of the few that I took, I took some notes on. Nat. <laughs> Under Nashi Hunchback, um, <laughs> the, my first note is about the big ass beers, because yeah, the movie starts with these guys right. in a in a pub, and they're like, oh, it's those large beers?" And they have a chugging contest, and then I, I I was, I I don't know why that's fun, because these were those gigantic,
1: those tunishly huge cups. Yes, or here, I mean. Yeah, were they special made for the movie or what?
0: No, I'm like, is that something that they do? Did this is this something that was like a thing back then? Because these are all, you know, most of his a lot of these movies um, are kind of period films, and I'm trying to figure out what age this was set in. Because there's so, you know, I I have no idea.
1: Yeah, there's no like title cards Mm -mm. or anything. It's just you know, like horse horse drawn. And is, this, and is it is it supposed in. to be Germany? It's supposed to be. Yeah, they okay. didn't actually film it there, but I thought they did a really good job yeah,
0: doubling it, it. Yeah, no, it, it felt it, they definitely got the feeling of Germany. Just everyone speaking Spanish, what kind of you know throws you for a loop there. But um, but yeah, so like I love the the whole all that pub stuff and those guys, and you know they were introduced, of course, to Paul Nashie's character, the Hunchback.
1: That and, reminded me of Hammer a lot, like yeah. all the action starting in the bar.
0: Yes. Yep. Yeah. This was a very much like, it feels like a hammer film. Definitely, mm, definitely. had, hits all the notes of those in it, especially near the end, hard. especially near the end, because he has like the laboratory and they're doing the, you know, the whole Frankenstein type thing. Um, it just, it just, it looks just like a, like a hammer film. But, um, one of my favorite scenes of the film. Uh, and I wonder how animal a- rights activists felt about it if they saw this. But, uh, but the rat scene, when he goes in, the woman's body has been prepared. He steals the body, brings it to the, these catacombs or whatever. I don't know. Uh, and leaves the body there. And of course, what happens when a dead body's, you know, sent around? Rats are going to find it, especially in a place like that. But, uh, he goes in, she's covered in rats trying to get him off. And then he starts like lighting him on fire. Mm-hmm. And, oh, and the rats jump. Like these rats. Have you ever seen a rat jump?
1: In movies, <laughs> I I don't really want to see. It I've in never, life.
0: I've never seen a rat jump like this in my life. Uh, in a film, it I was rolling it was fantastic, and then he's lighting them on fire, and it looks like he really was lighting rats on fire. And I'm wondering, okay, so what can you I get? Think of like,
1: that. can I say something?
0: Yeah, of course, you can. Okay, <laughs> I
1: actually need to apologize to our listeners because I, I found out that a lot of people take animal cruelty in films very seriously. I do as well. Um, and But I know some people actually become really emotionally disturbed by it. And when we talked about the first set, we didn't bring that up. And there is uh-huh. animal cruelty in the first Paul Nasci set. And in the scene... That was real. They did not go out of their way and get fake rats out. That, that actually happened to those rats.
0: Now, do they if, bring the rats in or are the rats there? Because if the rats are there, instead of calling an exterminator, there's like, well, wow. it there'll be a special effect.
1: Yeah. Right. See, Sean doesn't care about animal <laughs> welfare, but I well, care about animals and I care about you. So Not I little- rats
0: rats if you're like like, i'm not gonna
1: watch cannibal movies i'm not gonna watch any movies with um animal cruelty Uh you're gonna want to skip these sets and i hate saying that because i love them but it's true and fun fact there's a real human corpse in this movie
0: is it this movie or is it uh touchback there's one with a real decapitation
1: well, in this one, the, the decapitation wasn't real. Like, the head was fake. But I guess the body was okay. actually real. That's covered with okay. a blanket. So that
0: must be a thing that they did.
1: Yeah, probably. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> Interesting.
0: <laughs> there was a movie. But, oh, gosh. There was a movie. What was it called? <laughs> it was done by the directors of Crank. It was called Pathology with uh um, with the guy that plays Rocky's son in in the newest Rocky Balboa movie cuz he has the rocky mouth <clears throat> rocky mouth you know what I'm saying and he was in Heroes what's his name
1: oh is it Milo My, something, something like that
0: mhm but uh, he was in this movie called Pathology about about uh you know people doing friend like learning forensics dissecting bodies and I guess the big in in the video store uh the big thing they were highlighting was real corpses used or like filming with filmed <laughs> real cadavers were used oh, in this God. movie and it's like oh I don't know so I guess they did that back uh, back in Nashi. it's all about that Um, where are we going I'm getting I'm getting so I'm, here's what I I'm, say I'm I always tell distracted. people
1: take everything use the...
0: sorry <laughs> oh no you're right sorry Can in my notes me? yeah in my notes decapitation real corpse question mark Gotcha. Okay, I have a story about this. I will. We'll go to this in a second. Continue.
1: Cutting out for me.
0: Can you hear me? Hello, hello. Can you hear me now?
1: Yeah. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, that was weird.
0: <clears throat> I'm not taking notes. May, we may, we may just be like no bloopers. This is just going to be uncut. I don't care. <laughs> oh God. All right. I do. I do, have, um, I do have. I do have. I found the decapitation story. I'm going to talk about that. But I wanted you to 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 finish your thought or. Keep going with your thought or, or whatever.
1: Just like my thought on the movie?
0: You were you're going into something.
1: Okay. So I always say I'm an organ donor. Take okay. everything usable that you can from my body, then cremate me. Because <laughs> I've seen that short movie, Aftermath. And I've <laughs> seen like corpse get misused in movies. And I do not want a bunch of people poking at my corpse. Just take the parts out cremate me okay i do not want i don't want to end up in like a terror this isn't a terrible horror movie now she's not alive anymore who knows what movie my corpse would end up with don't let me be a movie corpse (laughs) Sean. okay that's all i'm saying
0: (laughs) all right you got it um so about the about the corpse back to the corpse so yes this was the movie that a real corpse was used um they wanted him to actually decapitate the real corpse. I, I guess. Um, he made like one cut, and uh, once he did that, he got grossed out, and they were like, "Okay, we'll we'll use uh, a special effect for for the rest of it." But that yeah. in that scene, that You'd body have to be is, a
1: psychopath to go through with that,
0: yeah. So and you do you get... think
1: cutting through a neck bone would be easy? No.
0: No, you need you need a, a real one. You need a bone saw or or good a good saw. Maybe a good hatchet. Maybe, uh, or maybe you want to get. You can't
1: skip Arm Day, then, am I mm-hmm. right, Sean? Yeah, that's
0: right, woo! bro. That's right. Don't skip Arm Day. <laughs> uh, I don't know anything about cutting up bodies. I have no idea, by the way. If anybody, if any authorities are listening to this and trying to use this as any sort of uh, evidence. I am just being hypothetical. Sure, sure. Um, okay. Another note is, of course, sexy hunchback gets a little bit of action. It's nasty. Mm-hmm. It's got to happen, right?
1: I and he until I mean, he's pushed. He's not the he's not the villain in this. He ends up doing villainous things, but he gets right. pushed into it because everyone except um the ill woman, his childhood friend, treats him like garbage. Mm-hmm. But you know, before I had, he's so sweet and he's so cute. I would totally fall is, in love. I did fall in love with him. He's
0: a he's a tragic figure in this film because you do I
1: love tragic figures. You do
0: care for his character. Like you do wish that things would not go keep going the way they're going. Um you kind of um you kind of hope you want, you want, you want the best for Nashy Hunchback, you know? That's right. But um, but yeah, so, so it, it devolves into kind of this Frankenstein thing where they're trying to basically bring his friend's body back to life. This uh, doctor he teams up with, his doctor's been trying, you know, searching for eternal life or trying to figure that out. And he figures like this is a good opportunity for him to, to number one, have an assistant and number two, an excuse for him to be experimenting and all this kind of stuff. And it kind of goes in this weird Frankenstein reanimator type, type scenario. And, uh, there is an appearance of a tar sludge man. So I'm wondering, did that tar man, was that stolen fr- from the, cause this movie did it first from, uh, uh, yep. R- Return of the Living Dead. Do you, do you think that they I- stole that?
1: Hundred percent.
0: Cause this for guitar Get
1: those clicks.
0: <laughs> get them clicks. Just make it up. Get them clicks. Um, no, this anyway.
1: is oof. maybe the most gruesome nasty film I've seen so far.
0: Really? Was it? Yeah, yeah I he think doesn't so. go. He doesn't go for the gore. And this one, it reminded me of like the gore, like I keep saying, Hammer films, like in the the Hammer Frankenstein films. It definitely feels inspired by those because it has like that kind of yeah, like um, the ones
1: that are a little meaner, yeah,
0: yeah. But uh, but yeah, that, that, but that's but what interesting. was
1: interesting? Jinx. They were they were filming uh, Count Dracula's Great Love, um, available from Vinegar Syndrome, and I guess there's a car accident. And it took most of the cast and crew out of commission for a while. So they they had to stop filming uh, Count Dracula's Great Love. So they're like, well, let's start another movie. <laughs> so they took a break from Count Dracula's Great Love and filmed uh, Hunchback of the Morgue. Really? And then once they finished that, they went back to the much more romantic uh, <laughs> Count Dracula's Great Love. Yeah.
0: Huh. That's <laughs> awesome. You're making that up.
1: No, it's true. And I, I've, you know, heard of like movies, especially very low budget movies, kind of being made like concurrently, but yeah. I've never heard of part movie, break new movie, finish that movie. I'm I'm sure it's happened. It's just not something you really hear about.
2: Yeah,
0: that's fantastic. Um, anyway, this one uh, was a highlight of the set for me. I think it was one of my favorites. I had a lot of fun with it. And it, like, I, whenever movies kind of get a little bad shit near the end, I'm all for it. And this definitely gets there, it held my attention all the way through. And, uh, yeah. Would I'm you a-
1: say rat shit? <laughs>
0: Sorry. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um, Sean anyway. just muted me <laughs> and we're done. Click. What are your overall thoughts on, on this film before we move on to the next one?
1: oh i loved it it has this it it opens up you think it's gonna be like more of a pastoral gentle Mm -hmm. um old school gothic kind of horror movie it is gothic but yeah it just gets really gory and mean (laughs) and just handfuls of guts dripping and it's it's a great build (laughs) this one's a lot of fun and it it is I, i on a, a truly serious note, it's really, really unfortunate about how the animals are treated in yeah. these films. Like it, it's even before all the laws were put into place, it's kind of crazy that you would just think to do that and think that was okay.
0: But like I said, they're, rat, um, they're rats. They're rats. you know, they're rats. Putting they're, aside, you know, we, people don't want rats. They have it's,
1: nerve endings and families, Sean.
0: Well, whenever a rat comes around my house their life uh, is very limited. And if that rat Okay, has, well, you make rat, sure you
1: film it and yeah, you can use it. Yeah, no, it'll be I, just, great.
0: I just kill and throw in the garbage that's about <laughs> it. And if that rat has babies, those babies aren't even safe either. Sorry, everybody. Sorry.
1: Can we move on before I quit, please?
0: <laughs> Apologize. Uh, these are these are the... the if you're a homeowner, uh, you, this is things you need to think about. So uh, you may have to kill some rodents if you're a homeowner. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry.
1: It's called real life, folks.
0: <laughs> this is real life. This is real life in the streets of suburbia. All right. Let's move on to, okay, we're going in chronological order. So we will talk about <gasps> 1974's El Mariscal Del Inferno, Devils Possessed. da. da, da. Now, the only uh, synopsis for this on IMDb is an evil ruler uses witchcraft and evil spirits to keep his subjects in line, but his reign of terror prompts the people to revolt. It's the whole movie right there. Why, why should we even talk about it?
1: Yeah, Nash is a big old jerk in this
0: one. <laughs> He's not a no nice guy. No sweet hunchback
1: in these parts.
0: No, this one... um
1: it has an eye patch, though, which I have a weakness
0: for. Well, he... Does he now get... I'm imagining
1: him as a hunchback with an eye patch. I'm enjoying it.
0: Does I'll he... be honest with you.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry we we're talking about.
0: The he kind of gets the eye patch a little bit later, right? Um, now is he is he really a bad guy, or do you think he's maybe being manipulated?
1: Okay, we'll. Do you think evil deeds are excusable if manipulation is involved? No,
0: no, I'm just I'm just curious cuz this is cuz this is the one where he he's like a is king and queen, right? In this one. And uh and she likes performing like she likes having rituals and 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 things out in the courtyard as you do when you're an, an evil ruler, you have nice little rituals and and virgin sacrifice. Uh, as you watch, and
1: this one's a more medieval setting.
0: Yes, and that and this was is this another kind of hammer feeling film, uh, definitely medieval. And and I gotta say with these films, like the costuming and everything is is wonderful.
1: Oh yeah, no, they're um, the Spaniards. They know their fashion. It's... <laughs> <laughs> Cut out. The the Spaniards are good at fashion.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's not offensive.
1: It's true. It's not offensive. Being good at fashion. Offensive. I just sound like an idiot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're leaving it in. Okay. Fair enough. Um, Just because we just had this little exchange, and I think it's funny. Um, Paul Nashi is sporting some really good beard in this one. This is when he has like little triangles kind of coming up, like little, little.
1: Yeah, he. It's very. There's very Robin Hood kind of visuals going on here, and he's very much um, uh, uh, the Sheriff of Nottingham, the bad guy.
0: Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. He's
1: the Sheriff of Nottingham, Ham, mm-hmm. of Nashyham. Ham. I'm going to stop,
0: and I apologize. What's great is like he's doing all these bad things because <laughs> he believes that if he does all this, then he'll basically become ruler of the world. Like He f- feels like he's basically... He's led to believe by his wife, by the queen, see the queen, that uh, he needs to perform all this stuff, do all this, do all these nasty things in order to, you know, enter in the devil's reign, right? To devil, devil's possessed, right? Devil's in the title. And, um and of course that, that prompts the uh good old revolt that happens. And it's great. I think, I think this movie, uh, is it, <sighs> Trying to, I watched these like all within like 3 days they're all running together but he's pretty much like the main character in this right I mean do you follow him mostly through the movie cuz normally there would be like oh this person's uh this is the good guy or the bad guy but we follow him a lot who who is the the hero in this film
1: Well I don't know if there's a hero I guess he's both the antagonist and protagonist yeah. but yeah. He has an amazing beard, he has an eye patch, and he carries around an adorable fox in the movie. So he's <laughs> absolutely the main character.
0: Okay. I'm trying to, like, remember all these, the, the, every way yeah, in my no, head. Yeah, he's
1: like, I mean, there's the Philosopher's Stone, there's alchemy, he's kind of a Macbeth figure. Yes, it's,
0: yes, yes. There's
1: yes. hypnotism, people are, like, listening to secrets through a funnel in the wall and whispering <laughs> things. And it, it it's one of those like old school intrigue movies. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, it's, it's great. The sets are in, the sets are great. I mean, I had a lot of fun with this film because I a lot of these films. Like I just get lost in kind of the pageantry of it all. And this one was very easy to do. And especially like these medieval type movies, you know, I, I, I eat those up anyway, so.
1: No, uh, and it's funny. It's such, that's part of the big appeal of Paul Nash, in my opinion, is that, you know, he's playing a a violent hunchback in one movie and next thing he's kind of a doomed, romantic, satanic knight figure and and maybe, well, we won't get, (laughs) <laughs> then he could be like a police commissioner and you buy all of it um like yeah. he really knows not just how to sell himself as a character but he sell he really knows how to sell a time period and mm-hmm. he knows how to sell a mood and this might be the moodiest
0: and yeah.
1: this. Set, i i would say
0: yeah some uh, and some good old you know good old medieval torture and Murdering in this film. Um, this was actually, uh, apparently loosely based. The script was loosely based on the life of the infamous child serial killer, Gilles de Rais. from the 1400s. But he was a knight. And that's, but, uh, yeah, that's, yeah, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get lost into a Wikipedia thing, but, um, but yeah, <laughs> he, was, he was, he was a conviction as a confessed serial killer of children. So, uh, he was a companion in arms of Joan of Arc. What the hell? Wow. Okay. There's Listen, some Listen, it was
1: a messy time period.
0: You can get lost in some history in here. But uh, yeah, this movie's a lot of fun. Um, I, I just had a lot of fun, fun, uh, diving into this one and, and, uh, and I, I think, you know, when it's all said and done, the movie and the movie, the, the rev, when everything's said and done, his character, I think gets what he, uh, what he deserves. I think mm-hmm. I laughed when he, Oh, alert, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, gets, uh, yeah, if, if gets you demise. like kind
1: of operatic scenes <laughs> and medieval torture devices, this yeah. is.
2: Hmm.
1: Yeah, like y- if you want to unwind with your friends after a good Ren fair, throw <laughs> <them> off.
0: <double laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. There's some swashbuckling in it. You oh, know? yeah, yeah. There's, there's a sword fight. It's it, it, <laughs> not as good as the princess bride sword fight but you get the idea it's uh
1: <laughs> or robin hood men in tights yeah. but it's still really they do that
0: <laughs> i'm going to jump on this table you know it just makes no sense like it's very much like, <laughs> like choreographed. but they're you're they're both not stunt actors like they both are you know they they're just kind of going through the motions with it but it's it's very entertaining all right so that is uh devil's possessed any last uh, any anything else do you have to say about about this film? It's a lot of fun. I, I one of my favorites as well. On yeah,
1: it, it's beautiful. It's fun and it's hunky evil nashy.
0: <laughs> yeah, beard goals.
1: Yes, they hashtag.
0: Hashtag beard goals. Have to. Beard? Are they beard? Daggers? People, don't
1: know what you're talking about. If you don't hashtag it.
0: Beard fangs. What would you say those are? No. Do they have I mean that's got to take some skill to kind of make sure you shave that properly.
1: Is yeah. That and also you have to hate kissing other people. Yeah. Just hate it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. Next up uh, all the the last three they were all according to IMDb done in 1975. So we're we're going we'll do that. Um Let's talk about... I'm going to stop doing the Spanish because it's not working. Uh, let's talk about a dragonfly for each corpse.
1: Hey, can you guess the genre it is from the title, I'm
0: kids? I wonder what this could be. No oh idea. <laughs> this, of course, is a straight-up giallo. Like,
2: straight,
0: straight up.
1: Uh, it can only be more if they're speaking Italian. <laughs>
0: This is Detective Nashy, mustached Nashy, cigar <laughs> chomping, wash my back in the bath Nashi. <laughs> what did you think of Paul Nashy in this one?
1: Oh, God. I just like laughed and clapped my hands. <laughs> I was so excited <laughs> to see. And I'm glad you said cigar chomping because that's exactly what it is. You could tell he is having the best time. He's like, yeah, I'm going to be like one of those TV detectives. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like. Adorable. I love it so much.
0: What's the uh can you help out uh, help us out with the plot description on this one, Stephanie, since I'm doing such an awful job.
1: Oh no, you're doing great. It's <laughs> <That's> a lie. <laughs> well, we have um kind of a stylish uh killer, you know. Mm-hmm. It's a giallo. Uh killing kind of the look down upon members of society. Um, like the junkies and like those dirty hippies and their mm-hmm. lovins.
2: <laughs>
1: and when they go to investigate it, they realize there's there's kind of like a jeweled dragonfly placed on each of their corpses. Like it, it's not, you know, and sometimes in Giallo, the title makes no sense to the plot. This is actually oh, a description.
0: Literally the description. <laughs> This is, that's a description. <laughs> you we get don't the even, title right away. We don't even need to read a description. That's it. There's a dragonfly on each corpse. <laughs> you got to find out what's going on.
1: Exactly. <laughs> um, so they're like, oh, the dragonfly represents like sin and vice, which I've never heard of before. But, you know, they're the inspectors. I'm going to listen to them. So right. <laughs> Cigar chump and is on the case. And um, it, it's a stylish crime. It's like in the fashion world, and it, it it's one of those. Well, a lot of do this. It, it's something I love. Where it almost reminds me of the old Nancy Drew mysteries a little mm-hmm. bit. Where like we have to talk to the fashion designer, we have to talk to the carnival barker. <laughs> yeah. You know, we have to talk to the artist.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, like, it's
1: great. Different. Set pieces, and you're like, oh, they're gonna have like a career themed death. I just know it, <laughs> and it's a lot of fun. So it, it's kind of the classic uh, giallo um, slasher mystery mm-hmm. setup. Um, but I'll go into my thoughts, and I'm yapping. I love this. I'm a big <laughs> uh, fan of gialli, um, and it's always interesting to see ones not that aren't Italian to see how they handle it. And this, it, it had everything. It yeah. had the charm. It had the style. The kills were really well done. And Nashi almost took me out of it a little bit just because he was so. It, it was like he bought a like a detective inspector costume at the mm-hmm. store <laughs> and like put it on. Like ah, now I look hard boiled.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's in it, man. He's in the character in this one. He is. Uh, I don't think. That I've seen him like this yet. I can't remember all the other films we talked about in that last set, but was there any? There, there was a modern film in that one, but I don't, I don't think I've seen him like this. Like, you know, just the yeah, facts, there's just blue the facts, eyes ma'am. of the
1: broken doll in the last okay. one. That was, uh, was okay. kind of in this vein. Oh, and there's a scene where he he's wearing an apron in this <laughs> That's getup, fantastic.
0: and his wife comes um, home and he's like, "Hello." <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, <laughs> I, I cooking, really I like this relationship and, and she's with his like, wife. Yeah, yeah, she's and it's awesome. a giallo, so she's a beautiful redhead. Mm-hmm. Of course, they keep tradition.
0: The I gotta, I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you, the the Spanish women that he chooses, that he whatever whoever the casting department is, whoever's in charge of that, uh, stellar job.
1: Yes, because
0: every one of these movies just these nah, stunning, nah, I
1: saw in the black.
0: These stunning, beautiful women, and and they all love him. Like, he's even a hunchback, and a beautiful woman loves him.
1: Oh, even. I loved him even more. (laughs) I did... Can I bring something very strange up?
0: This is a screencast, of course. You don't even have to ask.
1: (laughs) I apologize. I don't remember the exact film it was in the last set, but Javier Bardem's mom actually had a small role in one of the films. And in in this movie, a dragon fly for each corpse... Um, when they find some of the bodies uh, with the dragonfly, they say something like, "It was sewn into the clothes of actresses, prostitutes, homosexuals, any anyone they think's immoral." And I remember the speech Javier Bardem made at an award ceremony a number of years ago, and he got a lot of he got made fun of it a lot but I thought it was actually really good. And he was saying, it's kind of amazing that actors are getting these like amazing awards and these expensive ceremonies because actors used to be thought of as like trash. Like, Oh, they're all junkies and homosexuals. Like he, he used that language. And when that line came up, I immediately made that connection in my brain. Well,
0: so I'm kind of, (laughs) yeah, uh, it was, it was blue eyes of the broken doll. That, uh, that's,
1: That's when she
0: was in. Yeah.
1: Wow. Okay. Well, (laughs) cemetery.
0: Yeah. But yeah, I mean, but that would make sense. Like, you got like uh, Javier Bardem, like for sure, has seen these nasty films. You know what I mean? So, I guarantee you. I I guarantee you, he saw a Dragon Five, a Dragon Five Bridge Corpse. I never know. I think they do. I like to. I like to think they do. We were we were watching something with the family, and uh, Colin Hanks showed up on some like cooking reality show i was watching with my kids and i was like oh
1: i heard about that
0: it's pretty good he does Did like you the, see he that? does the tom hanks eye shift the 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 <laughs> like yes he does that um you know very sincere look on his face he kind of crinkles his eyes He like exact you look just the eyes it's like that's tom cruise that's tom, <laughs> not tom cruise tom hanks
1: Whoa, Go. paternity here on the screen <laughs>
0: We're, we're so what do
1: you see? think of a dragonfly oh, for each
0: corpse? I this this is my favorite movie on this set. Yeah. I loved it. And uh I loved when once I I saw that it was I mean, I knew it was a giallo just by the title, and I was like, Yes, here we go. And the way that he is just uh has t- takes the character and, and just runs with it. Um his I don't know it's just so many scenes like just him in the bathtub with his wife coming in like they're having the dialogue scene and then talking it's like um, I don't know like just stuff like that was great and then I mean there's a lot of dragonflies that get used in this film like it like the, the bodies stack up and it Ew. there's I mean some giallos, like there's good ones and there's bad ones the good ones the mystery keeps moving along and you're every you know you're kind of in these conversations you're in the mystery of it um, you're in the suspenseful moments. And I feel like this one had like just the pacing was fantastic. It's only like an hour and a half, uh, maybe even less. And the pacing is great. And it's a fun mystery. You generally, you genuinely want to find out like who's responsible because all you see are like these fancy red pants. <laughs> and then I think like, this trench coat or something. And I think a hat, right? You said. Yeah. And um, um. <laughs> And yeah, I don't know. I was just, I was. Into the story, and I just, I don't, I just really, I just had a lot of fun with it. I think this was probably one of my favorite Nashi performances, too.
1: I agree. Oh, important note Nashi beats up a group of Nazis in this movie. <laughs> There's your ticket price right there.
0: Oh, man. Yeah, this is, uh, this is great. And if you're a fan of Yellows, I think even if you haven't seen too many Yellows, like you're gonna, you there's a lot to like in this. One. It's only 85 minutes you get You, you have time. Um, it's not, it, it's not going to take up a lot of time. Give it a shot. But yeah, this one was, was really fun. And I like now I like seeing, you know, Nashi doing the giallo. Like, like we said, there was one on the last set and, uh, and there's one in here too. So, um, there's, I think there's 15 total murders in this film. A little bit of trivia. 15? 15 is what it says. There's a. I found some blogspot thing called Gialo files and I'm kind of looking through it right now. Um, method of kills, okay. sword, umbrella knife. We didn't mention the umbrella knife. Fantastic. I don't think I've ever seen that.
1: That's a classy way to kill someone.
0: Uh, hatchet, 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 hatchet. Unknown. Jump out window. Strangled. Umbrella knife. Gun. Beaten with golf club. Fall from building. Knife. Um. This is fun. People need to, need to do more of these websites. Uh, I, I like these goofy old sites that people used to do. Goofy. I, I, don't, I don't find, I mean, not goofy, but it's, it's fun. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, they don't have like the web design skills. They're just using some template from Blogspot, you know. But, uh, I love these. There was a, there was one called, there's nothing uh, wrong. gosh, there's a website called like bmovies.com or bmovies.org and it was fantastic. And I can never track down the guy that ran that site. I always wanted to talk to him because, um
1: oh no i oh god i love old school like horror exploitation weird movie sites
0: yeah i didn't know who like the person had a twitter but never used it it's just weird but it was like so good so uh, wait,
1: I, I can find anyone just right. send me the information okay i'll
0: try to remember what the website i'll is. find I them remember. for you uh anyway so this is great if you uh uh, this is the highlight of the set for me. And the set, I don't think was too expensive. And if this is something you want to see, there's definitely, I mean, so far, there's three movies that I can highly recommend. Um, and this is definitely, for me, my favorite one of, of the set. So that's, uh, that's a dragonfly for each corpse. I don't think I have too much more to say about it, unless you do. But it's a good one.
1: No, we don't want to ruin it. It's- no. Yeah, it's fast paced. It's a lot of fun. Mm
0: hmm. Trying to think of the, think if there's any other moments in the film that, uh, tickled me, but I, I put my notes down. I just, I just, I just watched it. I didn't, you know, but I'm trying nothing stands, stands, uh, stands out as something more to talk, talk about. You mentioned the, the brawl with the Nazis. Um,
1: what about the drag queen? The
0: drag queen was not very convincing. But what are you gonna do? Um,
1: This was this is before we had RuPaul shows to help us out a little (laughs) bit
0: with baking. (laughs) (laughs) Um Yeah, the stereotypical gay character. Yeah. Um how do you think they handled that? I I I think
1: it's rarely good. You kind of
0: it's the seventies
1: yeah you kind of just have to put yourself in the mindset
0: mm-hmm. yeah because he's, he's introduced in the kind rough. of little uh they have a little, like a little cocktail party right and with his wife and he's introduced in that scene so i don't know i've seen i guess i've seen worse but yeah it's never a 70s were never uh that good as far as portraying gay characters um but other than that uh you know, it's, uh, it's a pretty fantastic film. Great jello. Uh, let's move on, shall we? We shall. Okay. Let's talk about... Let's see, we've done that. Uh, uh. Okay, we have two left. Uh, let's talk about Exorcismo. Exorcismo. <laughs> directed by Joan Bosch. I don't know. I say the director's names, and I'm like, I don't know what they've directed. But... um one bush. This one, gonna say up front, <gasps> my least favorite of the set. Um, it's a it's like, it's an exorcism film. The exorcism happens in like the last 10 minutes. Uh, it's definitely inspired by The <laughs> Exorcist.
1: That's so nice of you to say inspired.
0: <laughs> definitely not a ripoff. Little bit. Little bit. I think they even work in like the spider crawl. I feel like, don't they? Yeah, they yeah, yeah. It. They did. They they attempt like a spider. But, well, it's like but a wasn't
2: staircase that... tumble. Yeah,
0: but... it, was a stair- it was a staircase. It's staircase tumble. Um, but <laughs> I I will say, I mean, it's an hour and a half, and this one felt like it dragged. But um, but you know, you have all the classic like exorcist stuff: vomiting, swearing. Uh, did they, did they do the head twist?
1: I don't recall a head twist.
0: I would be surprised if they did, but I can't remember. Um, but do you, it, you think know.
1: they're like cut their head off? Now she's like, why don't they just twist it instead? Yeah, I don't. remember.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so it's a basic, it's a basic exorcism type storyline. Um, she, this woman, young woman, gets uh, somehow participates in like some satanic, uh, occultish stuff, and uh, she gets possessed by the spirit of her uh, her dead father. Apparently. And, uh, but, um, and of course they, you know, Nashi plays the priest and uh, he has to kind of come and, and save the day. Um, I don't remember a whole lot of this film. I feel like a lot of it was kind of just run of the mill. Let's get to the exorcism scene, but let's take our time getting there. What did you, what did you think?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much, uh, on the same basketball court as you. Nope. <laughs> pretty sure that's not a thing. Okay. Um, yeah. No. This has some great set pieces in it. This has some cool moments. But overall, it is kind of burdened with it being a part of the whole demon possession craze. hmm I will say I really enjoyed uh, Maria Pershy in Mm -hmm. it. She's the one who becomes possessed. Yeah. And the makeup isn't amazing. Dick Smith did not work on this movie. But (laughs) they give her kind of these jeweled eyes when she's possessed. I've never seen anything like that before. And it's really arresting. But I thought she was amazing in this. And she... Uh, worked a lot with Nashi. She was in Blue Eyes of the Broken Doll. Um, she's in the movie we're about. Um, oh, no, she was in uh, Werewolf and the Yeti.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she.
1: Uh, this is a complicated movie for me a little bit.
2: Because <laughs>
1: on one hand, Nashi is a priest, he's very hunky.
2: Like and a <laughs>
1: And, like, you can kind of tell it's modern-day set because um, the mom in this is kind of dressed like Ellen Bernstein was in The Exorcist. Mm -hmm. But, so they're kind of trying to ape that American style, but they have these, like, really specific Spanish flourishes. And I think it made the outfits a lot more interesting uh, but it also kind of made it out of time. So even though, like, okay, this is modern day, it didn't quite feel like it. It felt yeah. like a movie that had no time period in it. Um, yeah, it it does have some neat moments, mostly the violent moment. Yeah. Like, I hate saying that, but
0: <laughs>
1: there's like hippie, hippie mystics in it. And just like in the background says, all you need is to fuck. And
2: it's like, <laughs> what?
1: what, what? <laughs> Like this, I, I feel like this movie didn't really know what it was, what it was trying to be, what it should have been. This is a movie with no country, with no home, <laughs> with no time
2: period.
0: It's, I mean, it's definitely like it's definitely a cash in movie. It's definitely all right. We got to do our own take on The Exorcist. We're gonna make some money here. I was trying to find out when when exactly did The Exorcist come out, um, and then my computer went crazy.
2: Oh my God! Uh,
0: Exorcist was seventy three. This is seventy five. So that makes sense because uh, it oh, seems yeah. like after seventy three. Oh, a guy
1: wow. dubbing in her
0: voice. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, I mean it has it has some moments, and you know there's. You know, it just it drags in the middle, you know, it starts off and you're like, oh, here we go. And then it just, it just drags. Like there's about 40, 30 to 40 minutes where I feel like it just kind of doesn't work. Um, And then you get there. <laughs> there's the a
1: lot of nudity, though. Well, I mean,
0: yeah. I, I, they're trying to. Kinda... That's
1: what you're coming here for. <laughs> yeah. Like I will say this is not a, a, a crappy movie. It's not a terrible no. movie. It's not painful to watch. But I, I will say it's definitely on the weaker side of the set
0: yeah yeah but i mean still it's still an interesting i still feel like these these are, these are interesting like you have a spanish take on the exorcist i mean you know that's that's pretty uh that's pretty cool we'll talk about the this has probably the longest list of extras we'll talk about all the extras in a second um but uh i want to i want to move on we gotta i don't think we have too much more to say about exorcismal
1: I will say with the relationship between Catholicism and Spain, mm-hmm. they could have done a lot of really cool different things. But unfortunately, yeah. this was just made. to
0: I think that's like I was kind of hoping for that. You know what I mean? Like I was hoping that would get brought in more, but I'm, I'm surprised.
1: Yeah, that would have been so cool. Yeah. But it, it's a cash in.
0: So. It definitely is because yeah. Anyway, all right, let's move on to the final film in this disc <laughs> and the best title. uh it is called The Werewolf and the Yeti. <laughs> Speaking of Yetis, by the way, I forgot to mention this when I was talking about Abominable. I got to do a little podcast plug for uh, our friends over at Psychotronic Coast to Coast. They they did a double uh-huh. feature of Abominable and 1977's Snow Beast. So uh, if you want to hear some talk about those films, uh, definitely check it out. I, uh, those guys are fun. I don't know. <laughs> They're fun. Um, Owen, Owen Neal and Skinslip. <laughs> These guys are their names. <laughs> Love you guys. Hugs and kisses. Uh, fantastic episode. But uh, yeah, they talk about abominable and snow beast, and so now we will talk about Nashi versus Yeti in a movie that had a bunch of different names on IMDb. It's listed as Night of the Howling Beast, um, where a. a... What's Sorry, that? go ahead. Is there more?
1: No, go ahead. <laughs> I mean, there are yes, but. <laughs>
0: Um, this one is uh uh takes place in the Himalayas. There is a uh, yeti attack in the beginning of the film, and these guys need to do an exposition to get up there and figure out what the hell is going on. But the locals know that there's shit going down—not just yetis, but there may be some people disappear up there and uh so they had to take this uh expedition to kind of get up the mountain and uh Paul Nashi is a part of that my my wife's interrupting again she's sneaking in here uh so Nashi of course uh gets captured by these two women who are first thing maybe they're cannibals but uh They're not. (laughs) And he contracts the werewolf disease. And uh, and we're still looking for that Yeti. I felt like we were kind of waiting a little too long for the Yeti. What do you think? uh, What are your thoughts, Stephanie, on the Yeti to werewolf ratio in the werewolf and the Yeti?
1: I absolutely agree because that title (laughs) is a title. Like you see that on the marquee in the 70s. You're like, oh, boy. Oh, there's going to be some sweet Yeti and werewolf action here. <laughs> Especially with Paul Naschy, who is very famous for playing the werewolf. It's kind of funny how light they are on these sets. Yeah. It kind of makes you wonder if they're planning a werewolf-centric one mm, for his most famous roles. Maybe. That'd be cool. But anyway. No, I'm with you. Um, it's... <sighs>
0: I like oh, no, a lot it, of this movie. Like, there's a lot of this movie I really, really yeah.
1: like. Oh, yeah. But just and there, little light on the yeti. There's parts of it that remind me of uh, Alucarda, and I like that a lot. <laughs> but, yeah, I guess it's a good but uneven little
2: movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
1: And uh, did you notice that um, there's that naked... Scene where he that he was kind of being turned turned into VHS quality for a second.
0: Yeah, I'm on all of these, um, and and before every movie when you put it in disc, they do say that they kind of push the blame on the Spanish people who have the the rights to this films in Spain because <laughs> there's like these are the yeah. masters oh, are yeah. in Spain. We didn't get to redo them. We didn't, you know. Uh, so I think there's a I think they what they must have done is splice in some lower quality footage to kind of make these uncut. Uh, but it on each of these films it has some of those moments.
1: But, yeah, um, that kind of thing has never bothered me. But I do think it's worth uh pointing out. I know it does bother some people.
0: Yeah. Which Screen Factory is <laughs> smart to put that up there in front. Like look. Guys, right. Oh yeah. We don't say nothing, yeah. all you crazy people are gonna go nuts.
1: Oh, God. Blu-ray collectors are terrible. Oh. <laughs> and I can say that because I am one. I
0: am. I've... Yeah. I I. I used to be <laughs> moronic about my OCD with collecting these films and everything. And I just didn't know... I didn't know better. And But the more that I've... Especially starting doing this podcast and talking to actual distributors and things like that, you kind of learn how these are even brought to disc. And some of these movies... It's like you're, I mean, you should just be happy to even having it because yeah,
1: take what, what you're given. You like it.
0: I mean, nothing can be, perfect. I mean, I don't know. It's just, there's such a, they go through so much. (laughs) There's such like a rigmarole of things that all that these distributors have to do. Some are better than others on getting all the elements and getting everything. Um, Mm -hmm. like I would say vinegar syndrome is probably puts out the strongest work. Um, uh, synapse as well like they consistently like synapse will like delay a movie a release like five years just to make sure they find all the masters and stuff Yeah, you know?
1: popcorn um, and yeah. quite a while yeah. worth it
0: vinegar syndrome does never, their own stuff I mean you know <laughs> and even even code red and scorpion those they're released those, those they look good I mean there's a lot of good but uh but I don't know I don't know where I was going with that <laughs>
1: Oh, I brought up the scene, but um, yeah, Paul Naschy was famous for just the birth, the wide birth of horror movies he made, but he was most famous for being the Daninsky werewolf saga, Uh.
2: um,
1: which as many werewolf movies as Universal did, I I think he buried them with the (laughs) werewolf (laughs) only. He he did one to 2005, like he was
0: married to this werewolf. He plays a great werewolf, though. Oh my god, yes, he's fantastic. he has that stature Mm -hmm. um, because he's kind of he's a little bit of a short. He looks like a short guy. He kind of has that, you know, um, he's not a tall, lanky guy. But when he gets into his little werewolf mode, he's ridiculous. He's like he's jumping. Did you? There's like one. I can't. He, he must have jumped on a trampoline, because he just goes for it. And I'm like, I, I think that's him doing it. Do you know what I'm talking probably. about? Probably. That scene? like. <laughs>
1: I guess he was five eight.
0: Okay, that's as it's tall as very me. He's
1: average, but okay, yeah, but I'm average on, on screen, especially if you add like a hunch to him or a bunch of fur.
0: Well, and he's and shorter. he's casting these like six foot supermodel women. Like they tower above him all the time.
1: I look like me, but you're a (laughs) supermodel. Welcome to kind of Hollywood.
0: It's great. Um, We're going all over the place. But um, is this the movie where he has like, because he meets those two women and there's kind of this weird little orgy type type thing, right? And, uh, (laughs) but it's like, if you look at the logistics, you're like, I don't really know what's going on there. I don't know what's where, what is... Right? Am I? You know, was I think? Am I overthinking that?
1: No, I, and I, I think this one actually the, made the video nasty
0: list. Really? Okay. Yeah, but it's a just, lot of just, stupid. Movies well, made they're that just list down there slobbering all over. You know, just moving around and gyrating. It's and about it. I but mean, yeah,
1: like what? What? It's basically what can we do without actually showing obscenity on he film? He either.
0: He either yeah. has. Sorry, I'm cutting you off. I apologize. Um, better he either has two penises or one of the one of the, the ladies just didn't know what she was doing.
1: that's always possible, but now I'm kind of <laughs> wondering if werewolves have two penises
0: they might you never know, but then, no this is pre was this pre still this
1: take study. pre
0: pre was this pre oh, him turning to werewolf?
1: golly, yeah, I guess we're gonna have to chalk that one up to an experiment. <laughs> Damn, um, I was I was intrigued for a second yeah. about the double penis werewolf theory, yeah. but
0: well, I got
1: nothing
0: anymore. Well, you know, maybe it was one of those things where he had the genes already. He just needed a little bit of, you know, a, just a he bite makes to a
1: great werewolf, I think he has two dicks. Yeah. Let's recruit that guy.
0: <laughs> hey, uh if you hit if, if, if listen the director of another wolf cop, um, there's an idea for <laughs> the next Wolf Cop movie. That Please has to give
1: happen. us a consulting credit. Please. That's all we have.
0: <laughs> this is it. a small fee. Not too much. Um, yeah, 20 bucks for each of us. So that's $40. You're welcome. Um, there's so many great little moments in this film, though, because like it half through the movie, I'm like, OK, where's the Yeti? Where's the Yeti? Uh, there's some great. Every were- day in my life. <laughs> Werewolf fighting action. He's great. There's a little bit of, you know, lost love because he's. He has this terrible secret because he's a werewolf, but he loves this woman and she loves him. And, oh, you know, yeah, maybe I saw you last night decapitating some guy, but, you know, I still love you in human form. Um, and then there's like this really weird, like Buddhist uh, element in one of the cave, like this guy that he meets to kind of oh, get yeah, some Oh, yeah, supposed to be in Tibet. Okay. Is it okay. Tibet? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Himalayas. Okay. So that makes <laughs> sense. Uh, there's the Buddha connection. But there's a lot of just fun little things throughout the film. If you don't spend your entire running time, the entire 90 minutes or whatever, wondering where the Yeti is like I did, you'll probably enjoy this a bit. And and that's why I think like maybe, you know, like it's listed as Night of the Howling Beast and kind of other ones. I'm wondering if Screen Factory used this Werewolf and the Yeti just because just it's a great title. But, uh, it's
1: the one I would choose. Hall it, of the Mountain King is oh, pretty good for, too, but makes me think like it's going to be H.P. Lovecraft
0: or yeah, something. I know. Yeah, I don't so know if that would They chose wisely. Night of the Howling Beast sounds too too generic, so I get it. I get it. But, yeah, you know, same with what, um, Werewolves. Final question, and then we'll start wrapping up here. What were your, were your thoughts on the, when we finally get to it, the Werewolf versus Yeti scene? Did it leave you wanting a little bit? Or...
1: Yeah, I can barely remember it, unfortunately. <laughs> I hate saying that because I I, I cannot overstate when easy sell I am. I am such a mark. <laughs> yeah,
0: me, me too.
1: Like, I am easy to please. And if I can barely remember a friggin' fight scene versus a werewolf and a yeti, you drop the ball. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry.
0: I do love how all of these films... Just end, just end. Like
1: Yeah, that was just, very okay. a good time period. You know what? Like all the amicus horror yeah. <laughs> hey, hammer, guys, you name it. Just whoop,
0: Yep. Hey the he guy's dead. It, whoop. Guys dead, credits. <laughs> the guys end guy's dead and survived credits. <laughs> no setting, no, I no love setting that. up I another film.
2: <laughs>
0: no like stinger. Extra scene no. setting up a sequel. No, no one's like walking that. off
1: into the sunset. Yeah. I thought, like, like, oh, it was him, right? All right, let's get some brandy. <laughs>
0: let's do it. We're done. done. Got to figure out how to get off this mountain now. <laughs> all right. Um. So, all right, that's the films. Let's talk really quick, Stephanie, about the special features because um, unfortunately right now with my crazy schedule, I'm not able to, like, I, I mean, it's been Shoot. like this the whole podcast. I'm never able to really dive into these special features the way i used to devour special features you know i would i would spend entire saturdays and entire sundays just going through special features on dvds Oh and me too. uh <laughs> you know <laughs> I was now guy. you know married kids eh, you know it's kind of hard to even get things watched so i kind of powered through this set um not all of them have some special features some of them have uh i think let's see 3 of the 5 have audio commentaries. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, then of course there's theatrical trailers. I'm trying to see if there's anything extensive. It doesn't look like there's anything expe- extensive as far as like documentaries uh about any of these films. So I guess this, the main special feature would be the commentaries on these and then of course trailers. Um and maybe some alternate oh <laughs> in exorcism alternate clothed versions of the nude scenes. For the original Spanish, really? Why would you want that? Um,
1: because you want every—that was on the DVD too. You just want everything. Okay,
0: okay just, I guess
1: it's one of those things where it, you're not like, "Oh boy, the clothed version," but if it wasn't there, they'd get complaints about <laughs> it. Well, oh, that was on the DVD, so
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, should yeah, be here. Cool. So let's talk about the commentaries. Did you listen to any of these commentaries on on this set?
1: I did,
0: kind of. You kind of did a teaser on Twitter today about, uh, commentaries.
1: I'm a rascal.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so I want to know what your thoughts on on what you heard on these commentaries and then, um, commentaries in general, you, cause you have a certain, you have some ideas on, uh, what makes a good commentary and what makes a bad commentary. So I'm handing the mic over to you.
1: Oh, it, it's not that interesting. I, that's my <laughs> way of saying hello to you. <laughs>
0: okay.
1: Like, Sean, I have some controversial to say. That's how I say hi to you. So on the first set, um, we have the two fellows from the NASHI cast. Mm. They do three commentaries on the first set. And uh, it's Rod Barnett and Troy uh, Gwynn. And I love them. They are, they're conversational. They're conversational but knowledgeable they're not like sitting there making fun of the movie but they'll have jokes and they're easygoing. but you can tell they love the movies and they know what they're talking about that like that's how i found out about the count dracula's great love filming thing and everything um they know what they're talking about and i was so happy they did the commentary for this set on um
0: hunchback of the morgue
1: yes and I loved it. That one I listened to the entire thing and it, it was a joy.
2: Awesome.
1: <laughs> and then the other two are done by uh, Troy Howarth, who I have to say is an amazing person. He wrote the so deadly, so perverse books oh. about Gialum. Oh, cool. So and those are the last word, in my opinion. He yeah. he's amazing, incredibly talented, amazing re- researcher. He did two of the commentaries on the set. Uh, he did exorcism. I'm sorry, exorcismal. Well,
0: it's it's, it's written out as exorcism <laughs> on the set. I don't know.
1: Yeah, but yeah, like saying
0: exorcismal is so much funner to say.
1: And um, a dragonfly for each corpse. Okay. So he. There's a there's a lot of different commentary styles and the Nashy cast guys do the inform the informational but conversational version. And sometimes you have the ones I hate and a lot of times it, it's when it's just actors and they're just goofing off and they're repeating exactly what's happening on screen. You're like, "Oh, good oh thank right you.
0: I am i up a cigar. Oh, good to fight <laughs> the predator than now." Okay, I, I put tor- on the pants.
1: What Schwarzenegger commentary is this on here? The, the that.
0: Predator, the Predator uh, <gasps> commentary is fantastic.
1: Oh, I haven't listened to that. Oh God, okay, I'm doing that. Um.
0: If I'm remembering correctly, it's uh him on anybody, but yeah, he doesn't have a lot to say. He just got to just comment on what's happening on the screen.
1: Well, it can be adorable depending on the. Person. Well, that one is pretty great.
0: That's highly recommended. <clears throat>
1: And I, I, I'm places. also partial to very academic British people doing mm, yeah. commentary. <laughs> it's very soothing to me. Now, Troy is, oh, okay, great information. And he sounds amazing. He He's a great talker. He sounds like a radio host. And that, that kind of turned me off. Oh. He kind of has that, oh, huh, hey, check out the scene. And... Even though he's he's giving information, I can't connect to the that kind of.
0: I don't know if I want to say glib. Was I don't he know, just cause... talking like this, saying back in 1975, Paul <laughs> No, Neshi no, went no, down no the not that bad, not this, that okay, bad. Okay,
1: right. It was just a little bit too practice mm. commercial kind of okay. for me, I guess, and I. I I was planning on listening to an entire one and skipping through another one. I just made it like 10 minutes into each <laughs> one. So I am a huge fan of him. He, he's amazing, but I don't, I think I like him better on paper. Okay. Than I do on paper. And that's fine. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. Some people are better wrong. on
0: the microphone. Some people, thing. yeah, some people are better on paper. I'm
1: actually smooth as hell. It's just, it's literally a personal.
0: Okay. Thing. I'm okay on the microphone and I'm, Don't think I'm any good on paper. So I got that going for me. There's a reason why I'm not writing reviews anymore. There's a reason why I'm just like, I just
2: can't.
1: Um, You stop. I don't know if I'm good on anything, though. I think people just feel bad for me. (laughs) Like, seriously.
0: Oh, shut up. Oh, my God. I mean it.
1: But we Uh, won't get into that. Um, Okay.
0: No more self deprecating humor on your part, Stephanie.
1: It's not humor. But despite my own personal hangups, which has nothing to do with him, he didn't mess up anything. He sounds great, just not my style. Mm. But he—if uh, you do like really energetic, a lot of Tibbets coming at you quickly—you'll probably really dig his commentaries.
2: Okay.
1: And I, but I do wish they would have brought the Nashy cast guys back for more than one because I—I love their chemistry together, and they—they're just pure fans.
0: Nice, very nice. Um, I'm terrified of doing a movie commentary just cause I feel like I don't know enough about the movie I'm watching ever, but, uh, I could probably do it. You know, I could probably do a commentary for Top Gun. <laughs> it's one
1: of my goals to do one. <laughs> I would love it. I've listened to so many, but I'm with you. I'd be Someday. like,
0: Oh, you know, here's what we should do, uh, for club scum <laughs> members. We should attempt to do a commentary of something and see if it is even good. Cause then even if it sucks, we just give it to Club Scum members. You guys just have this. Have this. Look at it. it. Sucks. We're awful at it. But here you go. Uh, you're welcome. And then, <laughs> Take then we can our
2: see.
1: crap.
0: <laughs> and then we can see if we're any good at it. But it's just for me. It's time. I gotta set up the microphone and watch the thing. I don't know. But well, may- maybe we should try that. Maybe the, maybe uh, our schedules will will open up. Or so I'll do it myself,
1: that. and we'll see how terrible I am.
0: <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> awesome. Um. Well, that is a Screen Factory's set on Paul Nashie part two collection. Let, let's get nashy. part two.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I need to mention there's a great booklet and this yes. one, just like in the first set from uh, Merrick Lipinski. Mm. He runs the Latarnia forums, which are really cool, especially if you're into Euro horror, that place is like a treasure trove. Um, and he's just a great writer and scholar. Cool. Of, uh, Yeah. Like Eurohor and Paul Nashi in particular, and it's awesome. I love those booklets.
0: Awesome, yeah. I, I, I'm a fan of this release. I, the, these two releases so far, are so good. I would love a Nashi Werewolf set. Um, that would be Jeez. incredible if they did that. And um, you could so, do yeah. a
1: limited edition furry case for
0: it. Yes. <laughs> Look at.
1: Free ideas,
0: like at screen factory. Uh, we're not that expensive. We'll just take, we'll just take a small consult consulting fee. Um,
1: I'll do it for a copy of it.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do a big furry box set,
1: <laughs> but limited edition. Yeah.
0: Limited edition that'll sell out. All right. Well, uh, I think uh, I think we did it. I think that's gonna be it for this 159th episode of the Screamcast, Stephanie. I would like to thank our sponsors, uh, Coffee Shop of Horrors. Of course, if you need a little pick-me-up, their coffee is great. If you're in their area, they have an amazing coffee shop. And uh, I am so upset that I don't live near them in Monteverde, Florida. But they got like treats and sweets and they got even like coffee ice cream soft serve ice cream i don't know how they do it i don't know what's going on i need to see it (laughs) uh with their own coffee like they'll switch it up oh this is the brew that we made our ice cream with and uh i'm so jealous of anyone who lives near there so uh coffeeshopofhorrors.com you get a 10 percent discount if you put in this the the code screamcast when you check out also grindhousevideo.com um if you're in Tampa, please visit his store. It's fantastic. And, uh, but, uh, he's, uh, you know, I always make sure I check grindhousevideo.com before I go to Amazon and, uh, even before I go to Diabolic DVD, but, uh, they're all, they're all good. He's, uh, he's fast at shipping and he, uh, packages with care. He's great at pre-orders and he does, I think he does every weekend when he, um, I think he's been off of it for the past few weeks, but, um, he'll do like, Hey, here's all the new shit I'm putting out on the shelves. And he'll go through and show you on, through Facebook on the little live stream or whatever, what he's got and what he's putting out. And, and you can, I mean, I, I watched him and then I like texted him my pre-order, you know, on on Facebook Messenger. So he's a really cool guy and uh, really takes a lot of care and pride in the store and uh, and everything. So please give him your money. Music by Wolfman of Mars. Check them out over at uh, their Bandcamp, camp, wolfmanofmars.bandcamp.com. Ton of good music there. And also a big thank you to Kevin Spencer for designing the look of our podcast. And uh, please check out all the shows over at screamingpods.com. And uh, we do have a store there if you want to support us, uh, buy a mug or some stickers over at ScreamingPods.com. Click on the shop link and you can find all our shit there. Club Scum members get a 20% discount by entering their specialized code that I give them whenever they sign up. If you're curious about Club Scum, check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash scream underscore cast. We try to do, we um, were you know, all these podcasts, they go all this stuff, all this extra stuff. We, I mean, I bend over backwards just to try to get this show put out. So we really appreciate all of our club scum members because, you know, um, we're not rolling in content like these other big podcasts, like 80s all over. Um, but, um, but we do. Nobody
1: er, likes us. I am due.
0: I'm due to, to, <laughs> uh, um, to give out some shit. So I have a stack of stuff I want to give out to club scum members. Um, I might, I don't know. I might just do like surprise. Grab bag and just send everyone shit. Um I think I could do that. that we do fun, fun giveaways. I try to do a little rip-off of just the discs called Sean Stack. I totally rip off Brian Sauer's uh <laughs> format. <laughs> and he's still like way better than me, but uh I just try to just go through things that are aren't horror that I've been watching. And I keep I've been saying this all year. I was like, We're gonna do we're gonna do Screamcast late night we got it. We'll, we'll try to figure that out. We did me and Brad were doing that for a while and it's just time, more time to record. But, um, what else, what else do I got going for a club? Oh, and, and bloopers, not really bloopers. They're outtakes. Someone called me on it last time. They're no bloopers on outtakes. Don't outtakes. give them that voice. They're
1: right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Look at tomato, tomato. Okay. Potato, potato. Outtake, to- blooper, tomato. Um, So, you'll get outtakes, and I think this this episode actually will have a full-on, like, 15-minute (laughs) pregame. Stephanie and I just talking shit about Brad. I
1: like our pre-show conversation. Uh, So,
0: we'll start putting that in. Because I've been doing, like, three-minute kind of outtakes. I think I'll just start, like, our, you know. um, I should... I don't know. We'll figure it out. But the Club Scum members, where am I going with all this? God, I'm so scatterbrained tonight. Um, we want to thank you guys for, you know, giving your hard-earned money to us and being members of Club Scum. Of course, they, everyone who signs up gets an awesome little membership card. So that's a It's not worth...
1: my mom, apparently. Except,
0: okay, I'm going to send it out. Is this Cindy? <laughs> Cindy?
1: Cindy. I have an aunt, Cindy. It's Carol.
0: Carol. I it was hard to see. Hi, Carol. I apologize. I'm an awful uh, host. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, no, it's 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 fun, and we have a private Facebook page, and we talk back and forth, and it it's great. It's just another way to kind of be involved, and we'd love it if you would uh, sign up for that. And I promise bigger and better things as we go along. This year has been a bit of a scatterbrain year for me, starting up the Screaming Pods network and all that kind of stuff. Um, I know Brad's like, Brad texts me like every night, hey, man, you want to play Pokeball? It's like this video game, play, Player Underground's Battle Royale. Uh, and I have to say, no, man, no, no, not every night. No, I have things I'm doing. So, Clubs Go Members, thank you for helping out with the show. I've rambled long enough. Stephanie, where, uh, so we talked about the Tales from the Crypt stuff. Where else have you, uh, been appearing and writing this past few weeks?
1: Nowhere, nothing. Uh, just follow me on lie. Twitter under Scrawfish. I finally did a dinky little website that collects everything I do in one place, and that's linked in my bio, and that's all I got. I'm a simple man. I'm just here to entertain the nice people.
0: You were on the latest Just the Discs again. I was. I
1: love that show. You and
0: your buddy Brian.
1: He treats me with respect. That's all I'm saying.
0: (laughs) He's the great guy. I almost had a chance to hang out with him over the weekend, uh, but it didn't work out.
1: Oh yeah, it's San Diego Comic Con.
0: <clears throat> yeah, cause normally we do oh. like a, we've been doing a podcast meetup every year. This year, I think, I think everyone's a, just busy this year. It didn't happen this year, but, uh, I'm going to work with Ryan Gallagher from the <laughs> Cr- Criterion cast and Brian oh, Sauer nice. and for next year. And I think we're going to try to really get something going. Every time I go, it's like we're all sitting there and yelling at each other, trying to talk. <laughs> Cause it's like the San Diego bars are. Ridiculous. Is it too much
1: testosterone? <clears throat> oh, noise! Okay. It's just loud.
0: It's just everyone's there for Comic Con, and we can't talk. And it's and it's like people that I only see once a year, you know. And we got the guys oh, from Battleship oh, yeah. Pretension are there, and it's like I want to talk to these guys, and uh, you know, it, uh, we just end up yelling across the table and and everything, and eating bar food. It's still great. So I want to make sure it happens next year. So listen, listen. anyway.
1: Shock- 2018, we're all teetering on the edge of the hell mouth, okay? <laughs> and I think we all understand that. Yes. And it's okay.
0: Yes, we're uh, trying different types of medicinal products and uh, just trying to get by. All right, that is going to do it for this week's show. And thank all of you for listening. Please find all of our other episodes over at thescreamcast.com. Drop us a line or on Twitter, scream underscore cast. Let us know what's up, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.
2: Oh, don't tell me you're leaving. The party's just begun.